podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Bleak as this. All good. Welcome everyone to another episode of Chessie Yawa. I am your host, Daniel Soft. We are recording earlier than usual. It feels weird. We have, I've got three of our Chessie Hour members here with me. First welcoming Meads. What are you saying, bro? I'm good, bro. I can't complain. No, I don't think any of us can complain yet. Because so far, so good. But the thing is, we're coming to November. And for some reason, November is a tricky month for Chelsea. Sam, are you worried? No. No. I'm not worried. I'm happy to be here. It's earlier, but it's, it's getting dark. Yeah, cool. Early. And then finally, we've got Babs. Babs, what are you saying, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been, I think it's been a bit of a while, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to be. I'm happy to be back. Cool. Happy to be back. You, you can confirm that you're not doing this. You're not at work. This is, yeah. <laughs> I'm not here under the rest. I'm not here okay, under the rest. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool. So last pod, um, I think we had the Newcastle game directly after it, and then we've also had the Malmo game. So we're not necessarily going to go like deep dive, deep dive. We'll definitely be talking about the games, but keep both games in mind as we discuss. First thing I want to kind of talk about is both games. I know Babs, you was in the chat Newcastle game, and you were saying this is disgusting. I can't watch anymore. The Malmo game was weird because the first game we kind of rolled a mobile and it was difficult. So just in general, before we get into players, et cetera, et cetera, um, we are winning most games, but it feels like Chelsea fans expect us to be winning from the beginning. Babs, I want to come to you first because Newcastle, you was like, I can't take any more of this. We seem to be kind of like turning the screw second half. But Newcastle, what was it that made you say, I can't take any more of this, this is rubbish, etc.? Well, for me, it was, just, it was just the speed of play, man. It was just the speed of play. It didn't even look like the front three were really like, having chemistry like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we discussed in the chat, but the way ZH plays at times, it's kind of like, he's not really playing with the team. You're basically playing on, on his terms. And, and at times, it just felt like we, we were literally playing in spite of him, if you get what I mean. Like, obviously, you know, he scored that goal, which was nice, but yeah. it wasn't really like, obviously, it was offside, so... There was really anything to, to scream home about that. But other than that, I just thought that we were really slow in our, in our game. You know, I, I felt like with, with a team at like Newcastle, in, t- in terms of form that they've been in, the type of team that they, that they have, I feel like we, we really should have been like taking advantage of that, which obviously we did later on yeah. um, into the game. But overall, I just wasn't really impressed with that first half, especially. I'm, I just thought we were slow. Yeah. I didn't really feel like there was any like um, avenue we were going to have like to, to get through them as a team. Yeah, and, and at a time, I remember Liverpool was popping in goals 
obviously they, <laughs> the other team came back, but there was almost like, oh, we might go behind here. So Meads, do you trust us at this point? Do you know, like, we seem to be winning, but people are still so nervous. Like even the Malmo game, people were really nervous. So do you trust us to get that win at this point? Um, <clears throat> it's a bit of a funny one because um, I trust us to be secure at the back. Um, and obviously when you have that security, generally it gives you a decent enough platform to go on to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there's a, an element of safety in that regard, but do I trust us to put teams to the sword like we did against Norwich consistently? No. Um, and that's because right now our attack is still, whilst it's better than it has been in the last few weeks, I still feel like um, there's just a couple of things that are just missing. Um, so obviously I feel like we missed Mason Mount um, against Newcastle. Um, I feel like his energy and his relentlessness was missed. ZS did a good job in trying to match that, but everything else, like you said, in regards to you know playing, not really playing with the team and playing on his own his own really terms, um, was quite frustrating, and that kind of left our attack kind of disjointed. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get the apprehension, but ZH is going to be playing every week. So yeah, for me, I'm I'm okay with it to be honest. Okay. We'll see. So yeah, obviously mentioning Mount, we've got to come to Sam. Did you, Sam, do, do you think number one, we missed Mason Mount in the Newcastle game? What I will say is Mason Mount usually plays for us. I don't think Chelsea fans are used to a Chelsea at this point without Mason Mount. So whenever Mason Mount doesn't play a game, even 10 minutes in, everyone's like, oh, we need Mason Mount. We're, we're not the same without Mason Mount. So number one, do you think we've missed Mason Mount because we have been winning without him? Obviously, he was sick that morning. I think p- people expected him to play. People expected to be Kai, Mount and Hudson, but then ZH came in because he was sick. And number two, do you trust us to win these games? Because I know like Mies just said, he doesn't trust us to put teams to the sword, but do you trust us to win these games? Um, so first question in terms of if we miss him, I think we do. We miss kind of what he does and what he brings. But like you said, we have also won every game. So clearly not missing him, like we can still win without him. Yeah. But like I've always said about Mason, even if his quality isn't there with his final ball, even if he's having a bad game in terms of his passing or whatnot, you always know what you're going to get from him. You're always going to get that intensity from the front line. He's mm-hmm. always like going to play for the team, which Ziek might not do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, we definitely miss... He's always going to play for the team. What, Mount? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, arguably, okay, fair enough, on the ball, sometimes you could argue he's a bit selfish, but <clears> the <throat> top player isn't. I think a lot of them have to have that kind of air of selfishness. But in terms of off the ball, I think we missed that. You just said you just said what football player isn't. Uh, is RLC selfish like that? I don't think so. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not necessarily it's wrong for Mount, but again, mm. there's no point in just coming up with excuses. It's, it's fine. He has got that selfish thing, but I just I don't necessarily agree with that. He's always going to play for the team. Um, okay, yeah, that's fair. And in term in terms of if um I trust us. I, I definitely do. Like, we are so secure at the back. I don't remember Newcastle really having a good opportunity. I think they had a few flashes of goal in the first half. But other than that, I don't really... They literally came to sit back. They took sitting behind the ball to a new level. Like, they yeah. had 11 men literally behind the ball. Um, so we are so secure at the back. 
and we have enough quality kind of in the wing-back positions, as you see with James's two goals, and um, in our attacking positions, although they're not kind of on song at the minute, and I think we're still only 10, 10 games in or so, they're still wait, finding wait, their feet. Wait. I mean, I wouldn't say they're not on song. There's a, there's a couple, there's a little duet that's... that's, that's no, yeah, no, some yeah, of them. Yeah, I just, yeah, as, as, let's, as let like that let's let that simmer. As like a trio or whatever trio we seem to play, they're always kind of, I don't know, like we all see it. They're maybe not as good as they should be. Maybe that's because there isn't enough players in attack joining them. Um, but I do think that a lot of the work the attackers do, especially Havertz at the minute, um, obviously we want them to score goals and assists, but they're doing very well, um, Havertz and Cho especially, at occupying defenders and then leaving the space for the wing-backs to come forward. Mm. I know everyone wants the attackers to score, but I'm not going to be mad if one of our wing-backs would get 15 goals in a year. Like, that's not, I don't care where the goals come is it, from. Is that, is, that, is that sustainable, though? Let me just quickly bring Babs in. Um, our, our front three... So, obviously, Lukaku's been out, and we've scored a shitload of goals. Now, when Lukaku and Werner was injured, we all looked at the fixture list and said, actually, this is a good run. If there's a time for us not to have a striker... It's this patch here. So my question to you is, number one, how do you think Kai is doing? Let's do a check-up on Kai. And then obviously Meads and Sam will come to you. And then number two, do you think we're scoring loads of goals just because we were always going to score loads of goals in this runner patch? Or maybe are we better and more fluid with Kai? So Babs, we'll start with you. Um, I thought we were always going to score um, loads of goals. You know, we, we look at Alvin Norwich's defence and, and it's, well, it's, it's leaps and bounds probably the worst in the league. And, and not just that, but... I feel like when we have this kind of run of games, we're always going to score goals. But um, if I look at how the attack is playing, I, I do think we, we do... Okay, yeah, it is smoother with, with a Kai up top. In, in fact, you know, it obviously lost, likes to get more involved in play. But mm. I also think we, we do miss a, a couple of the things in terms of having, like, Lukaku as a focal point. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do think we, we, we miss that. Um, like, we, that we saw earlier this season in terms of, like, him and Kova's link-up. Whereby he, whereby Kova would you know physical into him and he could hold up the play for the wing backs for the wingers. I think we missed that, but mm-hmm. where we do miss that, I do think we also benefit in the fact that um Kai he's a, he's a lot um, he's a lot quicker on the feet. He's not as um flat footed if that makes sense. Not saying that Lukaku's um, slow, but he's less flat footed. So you're seeing him get like a, a couple more different types of chances. What do you prefer right now? What do you? What do I prefer? To be honest with you, I do prefer Kai up top, but that's that's probably because of my own biases. Like I, I'm I'm more of a fan of Havertz than I'm of Lukaku. Right. To be totally honest. All right, Meads, coming to you, what do, what do you think that we miss with like? Do you agree with Babs in terms of we miss that kind of cover to to Lukaku, Lukaku being a reference point? And what do you prefer? Um, I wouldn't say we miss that per se because I feel like against um, teams that won't come out against you and teams that are relatively defensive. I don't think you're going to get much joy from that type of sort of play with mm-hmm. Lukaku, with back to goal. So I wouldn't say that we miss that per se. I would say that we miss Lukaku's ruthlessness. Yeah. I feel like um, a lot of the chances that have come, you know, Havertz's way or our attacker's way since he's been out injured, I'd say, you know, Lukaku will probably gobble up a, a lot of those chances because Lukaku, for me, is definitely more clinical than the rest. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the only thing I'd say that we really miss is ruthlessness and the ruthless edge. But like Babs rightfully pointed out, um, 
we are a lot more fluid with Havertz as the false nine. And that's why even when Lukaku comes back, I really hope that Kai maintains that spot and Lukaku is the one that plays more on the inverted right side um, attacker. And the reason why I say this anyway, because if you look at it, look at the way when Pulisic came on, and we'll talk on this game later on, but Pulisic came on against Malmo and that's all he kept doing, those runs inside, those darts inside um, for the creative passer to find him. Yeah, I think Lukaku could get a lot of joy there. And obviously where... Havertz kind of vacates that striker spot and drifts around the pitch yeah. and that creates so much space for those runners so if Kai maintained that position we don't really need a real reference point or focal point like that per se and even if you have one you've got one in the Kaku that's slightly out to the white um, yeah. slightly out wide so you know what I mean it doesn't mean that the Kaku has to sit on the bench for me yeah so so what, what do you think though in terms of this run of games where because Bab said we was always going to score that many goals don't forget we played like the lower teams with Tuchel before last season. We weren't really putting teams to the sword like that. I think it was just a Crystal Palace game from last season where we scored like four goals. So do you think we was always going to score this many goals? With, yeah. Like he was playing? You think we was always going to score this many goals? No, but do you know what the constant was? What? It's funny that you mentioned that Palace game. Um, Hudson O'Day played. Hudson O'Day <laughs> played. Um, that's the constant. Um, generally, that, that, that if, was you a at, if you look at... <laughs> if you look, if you, I'm being genuinely real, if you look at the trends and you look at the games like where Hudson Road plays, mm-hmm. Chelsea tends to be a far more high scoring team when he's on the pitch than without. Mm-hmm. It is true. You know? it is true. So, it is true. So, so, again, it, those constants are there. And the reason why, again, it's not because, you know, Hudson Road is absolutely like an unreal player. I feel like Hudson Road, the way he plays, I, I want to give a lot. I want to give Hudson his own segment. So, just okay. Uh, on, no, 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 yeah. don't worry, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> this will be a touch. This is just a touch. But generally, just generally, yeah. the, the attack, yeah. the attack as it is, um, I feel like it could it could be improved upon. For sure, it could be improved upon. Um, yeah. And they, again, they're still finding their way because, again, it's relatively it's a new attack, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still finding their way. But I don't agree with Babs in saying that there's guaranteed goal, you know, it's guaranteed because we saw last season, we got torn apart against West Brom. Um that was a red card as well. That was, that was a, a red card. But, all right. yeah, no, but I mean, and, and, and at, at away, we, we lost. Oh, that's well, that's not under Tuchel, but still, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So, Sam, coming to you, before we kind of move on, I want to kind of keep that into Hudson and Ziyech um, and the Malmo game specifically, but we'll talk about Newcastle too. But on to you, currently, from what you've seen now, um, if you were to pick up everyone fit, a front three, because Pudisic came back in as well, looking all right getting in behind, maybe he did miss. But if you were to pick a front three to be a stable front three, what are you going? Because I remember asking you before at the start of the season and you were saying Mount Havertz, Lukaku, is it still that? Um, no, probably not to be fair. Okay. Um, it would be Cho left for sure. Uh, like even at the start of the year, I would have wanted Cho, but I just felt it was pointless saying it because... <laughs> yeah, he was wing back. He weren't going to play. Um, so you try to kind of get yourself in the headspace of what is what is possible and what you'd want. Yeah. Um, but I've always said, obviously, they're not kind of out and out wingers, but they still are wingers in the kind of twin tens uh, position. So they play, they obviously are the ones that are kind of occupying those spaces. I've always wanted Cho and Pulisic as the wingers from last year. Um, obviously, before the Werner shit show, it was Cho, Werner, Pulisic. Like that was always kind of the front line I wanted to see. I think Cho and Pulisic give you 
pretty much everything you want from two kind of wide players. Because um, I think Cho has the creativity and he has the passing yeah. and he's a bit slower. Yeah. And then Pulisic has that natural goal for it. As Mead said, as soon as he came on, it was only for like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Like, yeah. He made that run at least four or five times and he should have scored. So Shit finish. Um, but, but, but Sam, you are like the chairman of Mount FC. You have the most stocks. And are you saying, who's going to be up front for you? Mount. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, this is a tricky one because I think Cho and Kai link up a lot better. Mm. And I love, on brand here, I love the fact that when Kai's up front, he gives you the um, he gives you the pressing as well. Yeah, like that's an underrated part of his game because um, yeah. he's so good in other things that I think people don't focus on that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, me, did you give me your front three? Your your front three at this point? No. Babs. No. Um, my front three. I, I I was in a similar vein vein to <laughs> Sam. You know, I I just didn't think you know two called rated choice and attacker. I know you did. I, I, I did it. I did. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I, I didn't think we'd ever really see him there. And I, I do think if, if or even if, if not for this injury, I don't think he would, would have been playing an attack. But mm-hmm. if I was to pick an attack personally, I'd want Cho on the left. Mm-hmm. I'd want um Kai outright, and then probably Lukaku up top. And mm-hmm. the only the only reason I the only reason I say that is because ideally I'd want it to be two split strikers in terms of having um Kai and Lukaku up top, mm-hmm. with, like Cho in behind them. But I, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. I don't think Tuchel wants to play like that. I think Tuchel wants his, his two tens to, to drop into the midfield still. Okay. So I, I, I do think that, that that's like unlikely. So if it was up to me, it would be the split strikers with, with Cho behind, but as like a, a halfway, you know, like, like you know, yeah. just, 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 just to settle, I have to go yeah. those two okay. tens then. Part of what you want, part of what's realistic. I exactly, think. exactly. Um, so just before we move on, because I want, really want to talk about Hudson Ziyech. So Kai, I think we had the conversation in the chat about all of his chances to finish it, finish. The fact that he isn't, he hasn't scored for the last two uh, games. I can't say he isn't scoring because he did score some goals, but he had um, some one-on-ones. So to be fair, Barkley put him through in the Newcastle game and he got a penalty. Um, so, someone said he was scared to finish. Who said he was scared to finish? Babs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing around. <laughs> someone is Babs. Yeah. Okay, so so forget about that joke, I'll edit it out. Um <laughs> But so he went up, like he likes those type of finishes. I know a lot of times he can do a volley, a mean volley. We've seen it do it. But a lot of times what he likes to do is he likes to make the goalkeeper commit and then do stuff. I've seen in the Murmur game, he tried to nutmeg the goalkeeper quite a lot of time. When it comes up, when it comes off, it's brilliant. But what do you think about Kai's finishing? Because we've all kind of, I know Sam, you've hinted, you like the fact that he's up front, he presses, et cetera, et cetera. But his finishing compared to uh, Lukaku, I've checked the numbers in terms of the shots and the conversion. It's not high at all. So, w- was you frustrated with the Malmo finishes? Um, do you feel like you're more disappointed in him as a striker? Tell, talk to me. Um, like you said, like he he tries those finishes a lot. Like he's very calm and collective. But we don't want to mistake kind of being calm for just being crap at finishing. If you know what I mean, like because he makes it look kind of blasé and calm. Mm-hmm. I do think you don't want him to 
change that because that's just the kind of player he is and that's kind of where he's had success in Germany and maybe he'll grow into it more. But mm-hmm. some shots I do, as cliche as, it, as cliche as it is, I just want him to hit it with some conviction. Yeah. Like there's a couple chances in the Malmo game where, like you said, he tried to nutmeg the goalie and mm-hmm. like their goalie was, he, he wasn't, I mean, he was coming out closing the angle quick, but there was a whole side of the goal that I honestly think if Kai just kind of hit it to the side of the goalie, he doesn't have a chance. Yeah. And like, he definitely has that in his locker. He's got the technique. So yeah. I just think not every finish he has to kind of think, oh, look, I'm just going to slip this in or slide this in. And that's how he scored most of his goals for us. But sometimes I think he needs to vary and just yeah. just hit it, basically. All right. So basically, we're talking about Kai's finishing. I remember the Southampton game, the the, the League Cup one, um, when he cut in on his right and he did a kind of a right footed. Don't forget, his strong foot is his left foot. And it was a good shot from range. So this is someone that can shoot with power from, it's not like sometimes with passing, you're thinking, can you even kind of really lace it? But it's not like he doesn't have the power. We've seen the power, not just on the volley, but even on his weak foot kind of cutting in. Um, so, Babs, what's your take on Kai's finishing? Um, I'm, I'm quite similar in um, Sam and you in the fact that I think he, he likes to be quite deliberate. Like you, you see he wants to catch the keeper out, but I, I do want to see him such a, just, you know, just put your foot through it. You know, sometimes I try to catch the keeper out of an early shot because even like, for instance, with the first... Um, with the first chance against Malmo, you know, where he's running from goal and off the RLC chance, you probably could, you had the opportunity to go far post early, but I, I think that sometimes, you know, when you micro-analyze chances, you know, it, it, it gets a bit mm-hmm. tedious, so, so to say. And I was even like looking at numbers, and you look at the numbers in terms of like XG, they weren't exactly the highest, they weren't exactly the highest, but for me personally, I, I still want you to, um, you know, get getting those and getting those goals off. Um, because it wouldn't be fair for me to say on one hand, you know, because you, you guys know me in the group chat, I've, I've been getting those Lukaku. I can't on one hand say, okay, Lukaku this, and then I can give Havertz another excuse. So Have you been getting onto Lukaku for his finishing? Okay, not not, not for his finishing, but um, you, you, you know what you, you know what I mean? But like, I, as in I can't make one excuses for one of them, like, you know, give the other one blight. So I, I would want to see, you know, finishing it. I, I would want to see a, a bit more in terms of variation of finish because, we do know he likes that angled, that angled shot. You know, like the, even the Palace, the, the Palace goal, mm-hmm. and then um, the, the goal against Malmo. You know, we, we know he likes his angled shot, but I, I think you know if he's going to be the striker, we're going to need a bit more, you know, conviction at times. All right, me, do you, me, do you back with us? But before, before, I, before I move on, I, I do think, I do think people are a bit harsh. It, look, I think people are a bit harsh because like you watch like the PSG game yesterday. You know, you see Lukaku have three chances that he misses. You know, you Mbappe. watch um, Mbappe. Um, yeah, sorry, Mbappe. I mean, you watch the, the um the Dortmund game and, and <laughs> Harlem. You are so much in the Mbappe camp. <laughs> uh, and you see that the the hard um, the, the Dortmund game and, and Harlem misses three four. You know, clear cut chances. Of so like, course. and this is strikers are gonna miss chances, man. Exactly. So like, I do think that's what I mean when I say that the market analyzing the chances at times it, it gets a bit much. But bam, you gotta hold your hands up because you you were doing it in the chat. This is why we had the conversation. And yeah, that, that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's no, definitely I'm... fair enough. Like, I think Kai just it looks like he wants to score on a perfect goal. Like, you know, when you're at goals with your boys and you're like you're on the better team, you're like. Five five or six nil up and you're yeah, through on goal and you think, ah, oh, I'm just going to chip the goalie here. I'm going to try and put it for his legs you know instead of is? just scoring. That's Sam, what it feels like to me sometimes. But Sam, do you know what it is? That's kind of like his best way to, for me anyway, I feel like if he's got good at scoring that way, 
Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I said earlier about you don't want him to change the kind of right. player he is because that's right. where he's had success. The but I do think he can vary it a little bit. Yeah, the only, yeah, exactly. I think he, you're right in terms of he can vary it because potentially the goalkeeper studied him. And what I noticed the Malmo game is the goalkeeper made sure that he, like his legs wasn't open as 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 soon as he came because I think Kai waits for the opportunity to not make the keeper coming close and I, maybe he studied him. And so, like, Kai does need to vary up because if, if keepers are clocking, actually, he's going to wait and he's going to try and nutmeg me, then they all I have to do is make sure that their legs are closed. But let's move on to Hudson-Odoi. I don't know if Mises is back for this section. If he's not... I'm back. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable starting this section without you. So, um, first of all, before we actually get onto it, I just wanted to basically check that Mises is back. So I said Hudson, and he was like, I'm back, which is cool. But um, Ziyech and Hudson, they started... Malmo game, Hudson started left, Ziyech started right. Um, and then second half, they switched. And I don't know why they switched, but do you guys have any, like, do you have a take on why you think they switched? Um, well, Tuchel actually gave us some insight as to why. Um, essentially, what kept happening in the first half was that Ziyech and Hudson both got out wide a couple of times. Um, I think more Ziyech than Hudson because, yeah, Ziyech, I mean, Hudson really didn't get, get much of the ball in the first half because he was paired up with Alonso, who kills every single one of his wings. But that's neither here nor there. Um, basically, Ziyech kept having to cut back onto his left foot. And when you do that, apparently you lose like vital seconds yes. in getting the delivery into the box. Um, and basically, Malmo kept getting their players back into position. Yeah. So by the time ZX got the crossing, it kept getting blocked. Yes. And Tuchel said that his assistant manager spotted this and said, nah, these two yeah. need to switch because yeah. those extra seconds are vital. Yeah. Um, so for example, so when they switched, um, that's how the goal really came about. Um, hudson Odoi, um, oh, yeah, just... Excellent football, really. Um, so, so, yeah, it was great, great tactical decision-making from Tuchel and his team. And do you know what was interesting? I, don't, I didn't hear that. I, I literally didn't hear that. But during the game, he was in the chat, and not just me, other accounts mentioned it too, and it was like, Ziyech is he's more focused on cutting back and crossing it than anything else. Like Because there were so many times where the ball was ready, we had the majority of people on the front foot, and he didn't pull it in because he wanted to cut back. And I don't think he changed it. I don't think hudson Doyle was the issue. I think... Ziyech was the issue. I think Doyle had a really good first half, but Ziyech, every single time, it's like you're resetting the move by cutting back, which is interesting because I was going to bring it up, but obviously the coaches noticed it in-game. Um, so my next question was going to be, we saw Hudson obviously scored, like create the goal on the right, but I think he had a good game on the left. So this is open to anyone that wants to chime in. But do you think, take away the, the goal away that he created, um, where do you think he did better, right or left? Left. Yeah? Yeah, left. I say left yeah, I because... He's better on the left. Um, he was better yeah. on the left. He's better on the left. Um, the re- okay, well, okay. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. I think he's great on either side. However, you get a more dynamic and a more um, unpredictable Hudson-Odoi on the left-hand side um, because on the right side, I feel like you know what you get with Hudson. He's creative. So he's going to be super creative in regards to his crossing, passing... Um, is dribbling and largely he'll go down the outside sometimes come on on the inside and a couple dribbles in 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 through uh, into the box um, that way but when he plays on the left he can go either side so for example the goal against Norwich own goal coming onto 
his left foot straight away, he fizzes it straight into his left, or off his left. You know what I mean? Or he'll cut inside on his right to get a shot off. You know, so he's got that um, that, that um, variation on the left that he doesn't quite have on the right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you get Cho the creator on the right and Cho the more attacker on the left. And Daniel, I think we spoke about this probably about two, three years ago, or yeah. maybe three or four years ago, where I said that you're, you're going to get two versions of Cho it depends on what side you play on. So from the beginning, but in, in specifically the Malmo performance, that's what I, I'm kind of. Do you do you think he did better on the left, right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like what Meads is saying in terms of his overall game is a lot better on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we see that in the Malmo game. I think he finds it easier to beat people on the left as well. Yeah, Hundred. Um, and I like to see that from any winger or wide yeah. player to the ability to beat people. Um, and yeah, I think it's a big part of how he's grown up playing. Like he's always grown up on the left. It's, it's not as easy. I know they're similar, like left and right, very mm-hmm. similar positions in a way. But when you've grown up playing on the left with those angles, knowing kind of knowing your fullbacks, knowing when you can cut in and that, I just think you see a more um, more rounded Cho playing on the left, whereas on the right, it's basically, it's where the goal came from, so I mean, we can't moan about it, but on yeah. the right, it's just kind of, it is more kind of full frontal attack, just kind of get to the byline, cross it, or get to that kind of area and cross the ball in. Um, yeah. But I think the reason he's better on the left is because he, then he can vary, uh, he can vary what he does, because he doesn't, I don't, I don't think Cho, from watching him, I don't think he likes just running to the wing and crossing it. Like, I don't think that's his game. He ain't going to cross it, unless he sees an opportunity for someone to score or he sees someone free in the box. Yeah. If I, I, I would say more times, like if you've got 10 opportunities, he runs down to the line. Seven or eight times, he cuts back and pays it to um, James or Cover or whoever's in the midfield or the wing-back spot. Um, yeah. I think I think he does that more often than he just crosses it in. And I like that because I, I like that more, more kind of build-up football, not just straight kind of bang, bang, um, bang. Because you know ball. You know ball. <laughs> the worst thing is, yeah, people get so frustrated at the fact that Cho doesn't like to be wasteful with possession. There's no surprise. Like how many, how many wingers, yeah, have a match or end a match with one percent pass completion? Like how many? There's not many. There's not many because Cho is efficient and economical with the ball. Mm. If he doesn't see an avenue to release, he won't do it. And yeah. I think that's smart. That's not. That's intelligent. You know, because if something breaks down, if a move breaks down because he fizzes a, a cross into nobody, people are going to have a go. We see it with William all the time. We saw it with yeah. ZH all the time where he's just sure. trying to force it through and things break down. So I think we have to give praise to Cobham for that as well, man, not, because I think a lot of exactly. the Cobham players are like that. Ball yeah. retention yeah. over kind Loftus, of... Loftus-Cheek is like that too, which is why yeah. I think, uh, and we'll go on to Loftus again, I think he deserves a section. But this is why when I see him at Fulham, I don't necessarily expect the same as an RLC under Sari or RLC at Chelsea. But we'll get we'll get yeah. back onto him. Um, Babs, I'm coming to you. So not just the Malmo game, the Newcastle game. We've seen him get um, two games on the left. Obviously, he also played on the right. What do you, what have you liked about um, Hudson Doady's past few games? And also conversely, is there anything you think you want more of? Um, what have I liked? But it's just everything you have to see from him, from Cho. You know, his intelligence, his composure. You know, it's the ability to really like make things tick for his teammates. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that he, he, even in that left, in that first half, I know I saw a couple of people saying he had the best against, but 
when you have someone like Marcus Alonso and you're still able to do the kinds of things he's doing, such <laughs> an interplay is, yeah. is impressive. Like he was finding passes around the corner for him. You know, he was slipping in Kai here and there. And I, and I do think that that's the, some of the things you really do benefit from him on the left. Yeah. Um, also, one thing I really liked in that um, Newcastle game is, is, is similar to what Sam said. Like he's very, very specific with the pass he likes to make. Yeah. Like, even, even with that cross um, that got... Um, that got deflected for Reese's goal. Like that, that was a really good cross. You <laughs> know, that, that that was like it's not like he's just putting it in in the mixer. Yeah. You know, for, for for any odd reason, he's literally trying to um, find find these actual like um teammates, and it is something that we, we do like to see. Um, it's also what me said in terms of like you know the the, the efficiency in terms of like, the pass that he makes. Yeah. When oh. when you have players like that, you're, you're you're just it's like a basketball thing. You want to avoid turnovers, um, yeah. um, most of all, and. Like your your point guard in basketball, like they, they will make a lot of turnovers, but the best guys are the guys who are official with the ball, and those are going to be your creators. And and if you have a creator that's official with the ball, yeah. you're going to have a lot more possession. And you're probably going to create a lot more clear cut chances. What, what, what I think is like when we talk about Mount, we think about relentless, and there's going to be positive and negatives. When you're relentless and you're in the box, you haven't got the composure. When you talk about Kai, everything is composure. There's going to be positive and negative. Sometimes you're too composed. I think when I think about Hudson, I think about accuracy. And it's going to be positive and ne- negative because people just want you to just cross it in, but he's not going to cross it in because he's about accuracy. You saw him. I'm going to get me to talk, talk, to walk us through the goal soon. But one thing I liked about Hudson Doy in his performance against Malmo specifically is the close control. And I do think playing on the left, it's not as simple as just it's a little bit different. I think it's a lot different because the pitch is opened up at a different angle for him. But yeah. like there was a, a chance for Kai. Kai's first chance in the Malmo game. That all started from some good work from Hudson Odoi in terms of good close control because three yep. players came to him. He released the ball to Jorginho. Jorginho passed to RLC. RLC went down. And, but like there were moments like that. And I think even in the goal, I think it was almost a similar combination of players from it was Jorginho to Hudson, Hudson to Kai, Kai back. And I think when you've got players that are good in those kind of you know one-touch situations, it just helps. But um, Meads, I'll let you talk through the goal because you believe this goal was 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 something special, right? Yeah, it's a top quality goal. Um, like like I said on um, on Twitter, this is a goal that you you see the only the very best sort of players that are able to manufacture that sort of not only space but um, the delivery on the final ball. Um, so just breaking the goal down again, it was just great work from Kai Havertz and um, on show in the first instance. I believe um, it was initially Jorginho that passed it to um, to, to Hudson. Hudson um, with an immaculate flick off the back of his heel. Like he done that a couple of times, but it didn't come off. It didn't come off in the I'm first doing half. It in, the, in the spirit of Eden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. He, like he's he literally summoned the spirit of Eden because Eden has done a couple of those assists in general. But we'll, we'll, let's not digress too much. But. Um, because Cho deserves this credit all on his own, really and truthfully. Um, but yeah, the flick around the corner was excellent, and then the hesitation, then the burst to get away from the from the centre back, um, from the left back, sorry, um, to create that separation. Like in every instant of his play, in that in that move, he did everything to create separation from his from his defender. Yeah. That is that's Hudson Odoi. That that's what he's about. If you look at if if you hear him speak about, I remember they, he did a video with um, with Chelsea um, on on Chelsea's website and app, where it was the art of dribbling, right? And he talked about what he likes to do when he dribbles. He doesn't dribble for dribble's sake. He said yeah. that many times. He likes to dribble to destabilize. Yeah. 
So, and he, so basically, his whole aim of an attacking a fullback is all about destabilization. So everything that he did in that move was to destabilize and then create separation. So again, that flick around the corner, Havertz wonderful feet again. I think he did something similar. Havertz did something similar. I think um, last season, um, it might have been in the Super Cup, um, where he manufactures that yard and the run of he and finds a pass with a runner. I think he did it for Alonso in the Super Cup. I think. Um, but again, wonderful play from <clears throat> from Havertz to release Hudson again, and then that hesitation from Hudson to kind of send the defender, then burst away from him, and again keep it in a stride, keep away from the defender, and then the cross. That cross is a Neymar cross. Dan, we've been watching hey, Neymar for like ten years. But you know what it is. That's a Neymar cross. I don't call it a cross. I call it a delivery. That was it's a cross. It was a yeah, delivery. Bro, I can't even. You can't even put it into words what that is. Because yes. we're, we're talking about same, same day delivery right there. Yeah, that was that but was. Uh, that is just perfect. That's perfect. That's like I order at um at one o'clock. I get it at one o five. A drone, drop it off on your doorstep. That was a drone. But, uh, it is, that was a drone. Oh, and it drones dropped right into your hands. You're yeah. like ah. Thanks, it's mad because how that nice that goal insane. was. But my favourite part of that whole goal, which is such a weird part, but is when he like he looks up for literally yeah. a split second yes. and he sees him and he just pops it. Like, like, how yeah. have you got eyesight like that, man? Yeah. I'd have to look up for three seconds if the eyes there. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And then man. to execute that delivery, it's crazy. Like it, it was crazy. But because that delivery literally killed every single player. Every single was, defender, goalkeeper killed them. Hey, all. Let me ask you this question: If it was Werner on the on the end of it, was the lift, was the delivery good enough? Nah, the, the delivery Bro, was brother. too good. He ain't missed it. Like, brother, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? The Rens, the Rens game. Wait, wait, wait. No, yeah, no, no. no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Let, let's talk about the Rens one, yeah? Because the difference is, whilst the Rens delivery was incredible, yeah. it was bouncing, right? This one, it's impossible. It's but, not possible. But no, unless you but, do not know how to strike a ball, Werner. it's Werner. No, but wait, the reason why, like, Werner, oh. yeah, for me, I don't think Werner misses the target that much. I think Werner hits the keeper. But know. the keeper at this point is out of the equation. Like, okay. completely out. That pass was so good, nah, he's yeah, out he, of the equation now. So that, that, that pass was Werner... Protected, you know what I'm saying? Even though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 Werner cool. rubber stamped, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, cool. All right, cool. All right, so basically, what I want to talk about next is the coverage after the game on BT Sport. Um, they were talking about how Rio was like, I want to see consistency from him, he's an enigma. It, it, it wasn't, it, that wasn't Rio, that wasn't Rio, it was um. Oh, I forgot his name, it was a presenter, Jake Humphreys. That's it, it was Jake Humphreys, it was, it was, it was Rio Humphrey. that argued. I heard, it. it was not. It, Okay, but, yeah. Hunter, no, but, but Rio said it too. Rio yeah, said, Rio it, said it too. Don't, yeah, Rio said it too. I know what I'm talking about. So, but basically, I kind of want to. I think with Hudson Adoy, because obviously Hudson Adoy's got fans, but I think generally this always happens where players don't get played consistently. So people say they're inconsistent. From, for Hudson Adoy, before Lampard got sacked, all of a sudden he started playing Hudson Adoy. He was scoring goals and he was getting assists. Two who comes in, moves him to wing back. Therefore, it's more difficult for him because he has to be tracking back. Now he's playing in attack again and he's getting goals and assists. So for, for people to say that he's inconsistent for me or he's not productive for me, I feel it's so unfair. It's lazy. It is lazy, yeah. It's lazy. It's outrageous. Daniel, we've been running the Chelsea account for God knows how long. Obviously, Babs, you see it as well. You're admin too. What was the saying that was saying about Hudson? Like, per night, he's man. 
oh, yeah, he's not playing enough significant minutes for you to be, you know, assessing his or analysing his numbers like that. Bro, every excuse under the sun, Hudson has been met with. Every single one. It's the worst excuse as well, because when people aren't playing enough, they use that as an excuse. So what is it? It's crazy. Oh, they don't play enough, so they've got loads of good per 90s. Oh, so they play, and then it's like, oh, yeah, they play too much. Yeah, yeah. I just think... It's good. It's gonna be. He's gonna be. I think twenty-one Sunday. Um, like it's a short career for him, really and truly. Obviously, the Achilles too. So I just feel like for some reason they seem to be very harsh on him. But again, that's part of what just happened. When you don't get played regularly, people just think you're rubbish. Um, anything else? But Dan, we've all we, Dan, we've spoken about this in regards to um, Chelsea fans and their ignorant belief that. Squad players aren't good enough. Yeah, they don't give squad players enough. They give starters, certified starters, bona fide starters, yeah. far more of a longer rope than they give to players that actually haven't played in weeks, 100%, 100%. months, or not really been given a chance. Which is crazy to me, and it's literally the opposite of what really should be the should be happening. And and I think what I love, and I think this is what we predicted anyway. Um, Sancho obviously left the Premier League to go to Dortmund, and Sancho has built clout. He's got experience. He's shown everybody that he can be productive. And now coming back to Manchester United, he's shown how difficult it can be. And this is for someone with experience and clout. He's shown like, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody can see what he can do. But now everyone can see how difficult it can be, especially for like a player like Sancho, who's not necessarily going to take on every single player and be relentless. He's going to pick his passes. So I think people have been very harsh on him. But I, I kind of want to go back now to Ziyech, because unless there's anything else you guys want to say about um, Hudson. No, Hudson versus Sancho, end of. There's one more thing. So, like, I know a lot of people say the whole thing, of like, oh, you know, we, we can't, you can't compare us to the best players, you know, because obviously he hasn't, you know, he hasn't proved it like them. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't played as many games. In them, but, but, for, but for me, right, when you look at him, I thought, he, he, in my opinion, he's a top shelf talent. And when I said, I mean, we're talking about like the, the Foden levels. Like that's 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 for me where I, I rank him as a talent. And hopefully, Tuchel now is going to let him play in the attack once Werner yeah. Lukaku comes back. Because for me personally, that's the real test. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do now that you've got these yeah. to coming back? I'm not saying oh he he has to start all the time, but like, are you going to be like fair? I know because he, he, he said to himself he's, he's been harsh. You know, he yeah. said to himself he's be harsh, but are you going to be fair now that you've seen this new evidence that yes, he can play in the attack? He can do it consistently, relentlessly throughout a game. So, like, what, what, what is it now? Where it's difficult is that Pulisic is back now. Soon, mm. Mount will be back. Um, Werner will be back. And so... Yeah, man. The, the, the cream always rises to the top, man. But, no, but there, it doesn't. That's one thing we know at Chelsea. It doesn't yes, yes, true. And what it is, is there's so many mouths to feed that he can't be fair to all of them. So, it's going to be interesting to watch. And Ziyech is the one that I kind of want to talk about, because I know we've talked about him a little bit. But, Sam, as we mentioned pre-pod, you watched the highlights back, and what did you notice about the highlights? Yeah, like like we said about Ziyech, he's annoying, and like there's a lot of bad things about his game. But when you watch the highlights of the game, he's involved in every single highlight, and I think that's probably just a product. Oh, sorry, I think that's just a product of the way he plays. Mm. But uh, it's annoying because his goal record isn't that bad for us. He seems to score like a decent amount when he plays. Um, he seems to assist. I think uh, he put Pulisic in for that Malmo chance, was it? Was it him? No, I think it was um, Kaya. It was Kaya. Uh, yeah, Kaya. It was, it was, it was with a Kaya flick on. Ziyech yeah. definitely put someone in recently. I can't think of who. Okay, um, cool. we'll just keep on but going. yeah, the, the point anyway, um, 
he's always involved in the highlights. But then I think that's probably, maybe that's why a lot of us were excited when we got him. Because <laughs> let's be honest, we ain't watching the area Divisie week in, week out. Like no one's got time for that. Mm. I don't think even Dutch people have got time for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe that's why we thought he was so good because he's always involved in the highlights. But then when you watch a 90 minute game, you're just what, like... What, what I love uh, about Sam is when Sam is wrong, it's always, this is why we thought he was good. Don't, I don't know why he included me into that. I wasn't really on the ZH thing. It's not that he's bad. Bro, I wasn't even on it massively. Yeah, okay. Cool. I, I, he was never, even at the start, when I think but, I was going to test for this in the chat, I was like, I don't even want him to start on the wing. I was always Cho and Pulisic. Like, but I was just, just an idea of why people... What do you, what do you think? This is an open question. So what do you think? Because we've seen ZH and Hudson um, in two games. What do you think of them as a pairing behind whatever striker? We'll go to you first, Meads, then Babs, then Sam. Yeah, so I don't like it in terms of like the attacking... Comp- I don't like it simply because of my attacking composition and what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ZH is a brute force player, and I always feel like Chelsea, or a good attack, should be filled with two real thinkers and one brute, brute force player. Um or the thinker has to be of so much of an incredibly elite level that they're able to kind of feed everybody else. Um, I don't think Chelsea really have that right now. I think Cho could potentially grow into that, but I feel like right now he's still trying to find his way um, because he's only 20, 21 um, on Sunday. So he's, he's still trying to find his way. Um, I don't like it with ZH because, again, he forces things too much. And... Yeah, I don't. I just don't really like it. Obviously, with Kai, it, it's okay. With Kai and Cho, it's okay for me. But once you take them out or take one of them out, it becomes a bit of a mess for me. All right, cool. Um, so I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Sam. I'm not asking you. Is this the best? But just when they're playing, do you like the mixture of like uh, ZH and Hudson on opposite sides? Uh, not particularly. I'm kind of with Meads. It's, it's not really anything to do with Hudson, to be honest. I just don't really love the way Ziyech plays. Um, it's, it's, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of high risk, high reward. Yeah. And we ain't really getting much of the reward. To, uh, be, to be fair, like you said in the highlights, Newcastle, I think, did he hit the post twice? Um, he scored against Malmo. Yeah, I mean, the post, it was a deflection. It was like a shot was, should he take. There's another one as well. Babs, okay, maybe I'm crazy. Babs, what do you think? Ziyech and Hudson, do you think that they've got legs as a pairing behind the striker? Um, I, I think it could work, but it's about how risk-averse you are in terms of like trying it over and over again. Yeah. For me, I, I'm not sure like, how, how how worth it is. Like, I'm not sure if the juice is really worth the squeeze. Like, I, I, I also, I agree with the... Um, the notion of having two things in the brute force attacker, but like for me, w- with that, th- th- there's brute force, right? I mean, there's, I mean, it's just downright like like r- r- ridiculousness. Like when, when you look at some of the, the best trios in attacking football, you know, you look at MSN. Suarez was brute force, but he was also a thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at you look at BBC Madrid. Um, Bale and, and Ronaldo, they were, they were brute force, but they're also really good thinkers. You know, um, Liverpool, Salah, brute force, but Mane, they're both, but they're still both thinkers. You know, you look at City, Sane, Sterling, and Aguero. Sterling and Amsani were brute force, but they were still fingers. And I, and I, I do think um, when you have that brute force attacker, you, you do also want them to be a bit, to be conscious at times, you know, in, in terms of like how, how much, how much that risk is really, really worth it. And for me personally, I, I, I don't know if, it, if it's worth like having somebody as calculated as Cho, you know, uh, you know, and find the ball if it's like a ZH, I mean, the ZH just doing something like completely crazy. <laughs> you, you, do, do you get what I mean? Like, I, 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 I think, because when I look at Ziyech and Pulisic, they're both brute force, but like 
I feel like even with Pulisic, because he doesn't pass as much, as crazy as it sounds, I, I, I don't think it, it looks as worse. If you get what I mean, like because he's gonna he's gonna try a dribble and get a shot. Off. I get, I get I what you mean. That's, that's, it's a lot more palatable. I get what you mean, but obviously Pulisic is just coming back, so maybe when he's yeah. back, maybe you'll find. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going any right, crazy cool. from 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 now. You come back from injury. But, but. what I want to do is because obviously we, we, we don't want to rush the rest, especially this segment. I want to talk about ROC because. It's crazy all of the ROC prop I'm seeing on the timeline now. I'm seeing videos of ROC was always good showing runs from him in the academy. There's loads of accounts of ROC. So the ROC hype is crazy. Even rival fans are start saying, why isn't ROC in the English squad? Obviously, the English squad got announced today. I'm seeing people saying, rock, ROC beat the, the Instagram, um, uh, whatever they call it. So RLC, obviously, in the Malmo game, particularly because he came off the bench in the in the Newcastle game. He came off the did he come he come off the bench? Yeah, he came off the bench in Newcastle game. He was kind of involved in Reese's two goals um, as well. Like he was a little bit involved. It wasn't like, you know, like your purposeful involvement, but he was kind of involved too. But um, we'll start with you, Sam. RLC. I know that you probably, I think you and Babs, I, I don't think you really believe that he'd get back to his full potential. But talk to me about ROC performance and ROC in general. Yeah, that's completely fair. I didn't think he would get back to his full potential. Um, I'm so happy. Like, he is the perfect midfielder in terms of he's he's got a bit of everything. And that's what I like from my midfielders. Um, and I think with our other midfield options, he pairs really well with most of them. Yeah. I think he can cover the holes of what the others don't do. Mm-hmm. So when he plays with Kante, I think he can be a bit more of an attacking threat. Mm-hmm. I think when he plays with Jorginho, he could obviously be the one that dribbles out and whatnot. Maybe him and Cover is kind of the most similar duo. They if work. You put them together. They, they but work. they still work. Exactly. Work well. I think they're both intelligent enough footballers to know when to go, when to sit and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just you see whenever Ruben comes on, kind of we go up a level at the minute yeah. um and i don't think that's unfair to say and even tuchel kind of mentioned it in his um, press conference he basically said i was just too good and i think even he is probably surprised because he's probably seen him maybe maybe saw him before he came to chelsea uh maybe he kind of kept a little note of his loan at fulham maybe saw him in training but then i don't think any of those are kind of prepare you for what you're going to see when they start in a game for Chelsea. Mm. And I think even Tuchel was like, wow, like what, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, this guy is different gravy. Like this guy is insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have enough superlatives to kind of describe Ruben Loftus-Cheek okay. at a minute. And I really hope he just gets a consistent time, mm-hmm. but similar with Cho and a lot of our other players, we've got so many good players. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. difficult. But I think, I think RLC, so far, again, he hasn't been playing consistency, but the consistency is there. Means I want to yeah, come facts. to you because um, I'm now I'm seeing this guy is better than Pogba. Now I'm seeing um, yellow Yaya, Yaya Torre, and it's not just from Chelsea accounts; it's from other people too. Um, you've been called crazy because you said that he was top three English midfielders, and I think Meads that like, you'd probably know more. The other midfielders that was mentioned, but from off the top of my memory, there was Ali, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, talk to me about ROC if you know. Oh well, where do I begin? Um, it's no surprise to me. 
um, that he has returned. And no, in fact, let me be fair. Now, I was concerned whether Tuchel would give him the opportunity to really showcase what he's really about. Um, because, you know, the, the, these things happen, obviously, when you've got no clout, you've got no equity, it's very easy for a manager to discard you. But in credit to Tuchel, who actually gave him one, an opportunity, and two, didn't snatch it away when, you know, he could have easily tried to force Saul back in because um, Saul was one of the guys that he really wanted, um, albeit it's alone still. Um, so I have to give Tuchel an, a lot of credit, but most of the credit has to go to Ruben. Um, when he actually got injured, Maurizio Sarri said that there, he has no doubt in his mind that Ruben will come back a stronger and better player. And it, just going on the things that I've heard about Ruben in terms of his mentality, his desire, his work rate, work ethic to just keep improving mm. and not only physically getting right, but mentally getting right. The guy's clear. So there was no surprises that Sorry said that. Um, no surprises that he truly believed that either. Um, so for me, it'd be remiss for me to even doubt for a second that he wouldn't come back and be a, a strong player or better player. All right, cool. From, from, before you go again, you can come in when you want. But what you're saying, I think, is important to note as well. Just because I've, hear, I've heard a couple of people talking about how because he came through the academy and because everybody rated him, that maybe he didn't have the right mentality, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that, obviously, a big criticism, and I've criticised him for it too, is not being able to help out in terms of when we, we lose the ball. But I definitely think that's completely down to his body and not being able to run for long because you, you listen to Sari, Sari challenged him and Loftus-Cheek didn't kick up a fuss. He said, no, if I want to be in a team, I've got to be better defensively. And he did the work and he got in. And again, Parker, when he was at loan at Fulham, he had nothing but good things to say about him. He does the work. Loftus-Cheek isn't someone that is afraid of the work, but I, don't, I just feel like his body didn't allow him to. And what I've seen from Loftus-Cheek since he's come back is someone that his body is not holding him back. Him back. His body, which we can all see is a plus point for him, was part of the reason why, like, do you know what I'm saying, it was holding him back. But now it's like he's free from all of that and long may it continue. So, um, Mead, I don't know if you're, you can talk again. And just I think I'm back. Away. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Sorry about that. My internet has gone on a complete mad one. And I think it's this who can disrupt my, <laughs> my airwaves. So, because um, this is one of Ruben's biggest ops for some weird, yeah. odd reason. Yeah, he was well, praising um, him on Twitter, though. I did see it. It's first time. I, I know, you I know. see what I'm saying? Chelsea the guy, he's so shameless. He's shameless. Hudson, too. It's, it's cool. He's shameless. But um, would you want to start from the beginning? Um, no, go on in terms of there's not many midfielders you were saying. Right. And before you... So have, there, yeah, go on. Generally, there's not many midfielders in world football that can do what he can or possess the ability and attributes that he has. In terms of his raw PNP... Um, no, not many midfielders can cover ground like he can. Not many midfielders can dribble like he can. Um, not many midfielders have the ingenuity, again, when they arrive in the final third, to actually play that final pass or then back up play. They don't have those things. They don't have the ability to ride tackles like he does. Like, and not necessarily just slide tackles, but where people try to do shoulder to shoulder, where people try like engulf him, um, and he's able to just hold you off and literally hold you off you know what i mean <laughs> it's not those ones where Pogba just tries to do that shielding thing and gets dispossessed you know like it's a 
to you i'm even seeing links Mourinho wants rlc in january um you i think not just that you didn't rate him anymore but you actually started to criticize him started to join him with the the banter and etc etc um so just give me your opinion on how good you think loftus cheek is now because obviously me's got criticized for saying top three england players that was like two years ago and that was when he started to finally get regular games under sorry He's getting regular games on the Tuchel now. So how good is he to you? Um, I'm going to disagree. I, I, didn't, I didn't doubt his ability, but I doubted the, 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 his ability to come back from the injury. I didn't, come on, bro. I did not doubt his ability. I doubted the, the chance of him coming back. <laughs> All right, that's, that's exactly what you I said. What, what we do is we're going to do, we're going to do um, a court of agenda because we can't, we're gonna get. We're gonna go through all the evidence. I know you've probably deleted a lot as well because you're shameless, Babs. Hey, so, I, don't, I, don't no. delete, I don't delete anything, man. I don't all right, anything, okay, man. Cool. You, you can catch me just recreating uh, yeah, okay. cases. I'm, I'm bringing everybody down with me. Yeah, the <laughs> Discord listeners, everyone listening, now's the time. Start searching and bring everything up because we're gonna do a quarter of agenda. But Babs, how good do you think that RLC is? He's been, he's been fantastic. He's no, no, no. Not how has he been? How good of a player do you think is compared to like how good do you think he is? He's fantastic. I think I think he's a fantastic footballer. I think I don't think Tyler's ever been the doubt about him. I just think he's been it's just been the fitness and injuries come fantastic back. Fantastic's more of an adjective. I'm just trying to say how good compared to like I want to know like your take of him of him now. Who would you compare him? Same level? You know what I'm saying? I I want to get your feeling of your rating of him. Mm. Level wise, I'd put I put I put him above Kovar. I'd put him above above above, above Kovar. Okay. What about other what about other Premier League players? Like how good of a midfielder? In terms of Premier League midfielder, do you think he is? Hmm. That's a tough one because I I do think Kovac is one of the better midfielders in the Premier. So mm-hmm. I, I put him in the top percentile in terms of um, quality of midfielders in the in the league. All right, cool, nice and vague. I love it. You don't want to get me get caught on a podcast. What do you mean that, that 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 wasn't vague? Like, well, right, do, do, do we put like a, a top X? Like, I, I don't nah, know what you want to do. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I just wanted to kind of gauge how good he was compared to like other midfielders. You yeah, and I've compared him to Kovac. I, I think he's better. Okay, but that's so. Who do you think he's on a par with? On a par with, boy, that's a tough one. Think, think that's on a it. Tough one. Think on it. Um, but coming to basically the Newcastle game, we have to speak on Reese James because really and truly, it could have been sticky. You know, like un- until you get that goal, really and truly, it can be sticky. And the goal was fantastic, Sam. I want you to talk about this goal um, from Reese James. How good the goal do you think it was? Yeah, I mean. Um... The first goal, that technique on his weaker foot is for a fullback, not even a wingback. Mm. Like he's a natural fullback. And the way he strikes the ball, you see it with some of his passes, is yeah. elite, like elite, elite. The power and he gets his head over it. He just, I mean, I, 
there's not really just go watch the goal like it's insane like how yeah. it goes in that top left corner from the position he's in the amount of defenders in the way there's a goalie in the goal um I mean it just arrows into that and I think that's a lot to do with confidence um yeah. I think he's getting him and Chilwell on the other side they're getting more and more into those positions because of what yeah. I mentioned earlier about the attackers occupying the defenders and they probably think well if we want anyone to get the ball in the box, we want one of the wing backs because they're defenders at the end of the day. But I think they've both been showing recently that you, you can't really leave them two in the box. Um, both of our wing backs, both of them are dangerous. Yeah. I mean, they've got an argument to be some of the better finishers in our in our team at the minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, I mean. What do you think about the fact that Jorginho didn't offer the penalty to Reese James? And that's to you and then the, to Brad. Uh, I don't really care. Okay. I'll be perfectly honest. It's not really something that affects me. I think if Reese wanted it, if he cared that much, he would have went and asked for it. I don't think Jorginho would have said no. Maybe Jorginho could have been the bigger man and said, "Here, Reese, have this penalty." But mm-hmm. end of the day, it wasn't really something that I cared about. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Babs, Meads, anything on that, or would you want to just move on? Because I've got like a couple of points, and we can wrap up. In, in in the moment, you know, I wanted I wanted Georgina to to give it to him, but you know, I guess it's just one of those non-topics. It would have been nice to for him to be the first um ever fullback to, to to score a hat trick, but I mean, maybe it happens, maybe defender, I think oh yeah, first of a defender. Maybe it happens another game this season. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So just quickly before we wrap up, because I'm a big Barkley fan, so I know that obviously he's one of the most like criticized players for us. I don't really think he even feels too much like a Chelsea player because. He's definitely not from academy. He wasn't bought for loads of money. He's been kind of shipped off. And those people don't really have a tie to him. But I think um, objectively, now I'm again, I'm seeing a lot more people. I'm seeing like during games, people saying, bring Barkley on. Because I think people now appreciate that what I've been saying, what I've been criticised for, he is one of our better creators. In terms of someone that consistently kind of puts people through on one-on-one, I think he's one of the better ones. He did it, obviously, that Havertz um, penalty, I think it was, or that Havertz chance um, yeah, yeah, he put him through. So just wrapping up on your thoughts on Barkley and, okay, cool, he's doing well off the bench. Um, I think his contract might be coming to a close. Is, it, is he someone at this point you're thinking, actually, let's keep him around? Or are you still like, nah, let's get rid of him and try to find someone that can do what he does that's not Barkley? So we'll start with Babs. Yeah, but Barkley, I've always, I've always thought Barkley's a, a really talented player. I just think a lot of it for him is just you know being given opportunity. You know we we discussed it in the in the chat earlier in terms of um in the first season of Lampard, you know he had a, he had a quite positive and preseason in, in the number ten position where like he was like shipped off shipped off out wide. Yeah. And I, I think it was like a, just a thing of like he didn't really have much equity at Chelsea, so like he wasn't really given that chance to actually like exemplify his own quality. Yeah. I think that the Villas loan obviously started off really well when he got injured, and I mean from there it was like. He never really um, seemed to get back on track. I and mean, then obviously he had like a lot of issues off the field where, yeah. whereby, you know, there were a lot of worries about like for him and like what's going on in, in the background. Obviously with him coming back in the pre when he came up overweight, it was like, oh God, like what's, like, what's actually going on? I mean, the only thing I can do is, I, only thing I can do is, is, is praise him, you know, for his resilience. You know, he, he's come back into, into better fitness. You know, he's been able to show his quality that, can, that he can do on the ball. Um, I, I do think, you know, in terms of a final ball, I, I think he's one of our best in terms of consistency as well, I think he's one of the most consistent players in terms of like their, their final ball. I just don't think he's able to. He's not. I just don't think he's allowed to do it consistently. If that makes sense, you know. Um, 
because he's not exactly, playing. Exactly, exactly, because he's not playing. And um, in terms of Mbappé never playing to do it, um, I, I think, I don't think it makes much sense because you, you don't really want to buy a player to be like a rotational piece, if you get what I mean. Like, you, you don't want to like increase your floor. You always want to increase your ceiling when you're a top team. Mm-hmm. So like, it, unless it's going to be like a player going to start and, and offer what he does, that's that's a hundred million pound plus player. So you know I'm never sure where that ever comes from. You know what's what? interesting as well? It's like, I remember at that point, because if we remember under Lampard, Barkley came back into the team and Barkley and Mount was playing 4-3-3, this attacking eights thing. And everyone's like, oh, imagine Barkley, Havertz rather than Barkley. Havertz can do all the through ball stuff. And then I remember obviously Ziyech came in and it's like, no, Ziyech is going to do all of that type of stuff. And what the reason why I mentioned that is, is all of these players that you see doing it, it's like when you mentioned before that Mbappe misses chances. Harlem misses chances, etc. misses um, chances. The grass isn't always greener. So it's not necessarily that, that this player looks like they're creative, that they come in and they can offer the same thing as Barkley. So Sam, I'll come to you. In terms of Barkley, I'm not even sure. I have to double check about how many years he's got left on the contract. But is he someone that you want to see stick around and be part of the squad? Or do you want him to go? And if you want him to go, I want to know why. Um, it's not that I want him to go. I think it'll be better for him if he goes. And I don't really think we need to replace him. We've got enough players in that. I mean, it depends if you look at him as kind of the eight or if you look at him. In our current um, formation, I think Tuchel seems to be playing him more as kind of one of the tens. So I think that's kind of the position he's occupying in our current system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's done well when he's come on, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be too um, too mad at selling him. I, I think we've got too many players for that position anyway. But aren't you mad? Like, I, I get that. We have got so many and I think we need to have a cult. But isn't it... So two years, it ends in 2023. Thanks for that. Um, but don't you think that we've just said that we seem to be missing that skill set? So if we don't... Maybe, have- but I think... What game was it that Barkley started in a game recently? Was it Southampton? Southampton, in the cup? Yeah, Southampton. And that was probably his weakest game, and he wasn't very good. But, but so then, is there I don't, I don't think he was bad that game. Man. I, I, I don't think he was. I bad don't think he was bad, but I don't think he was as good as he's shown when he's come on for maybe the 15, 20 uh, at the end. Yeah, no, so is there an argument I, to have I, that I, when I, the game is more stretched? I don't think. I, I think. I, I think that people do this often, and I think it's very unfair. So like. Because that was the only kind of start they've seen, and like, oh, actually, he's not as good when he starts. I think that's very unfair. Like, again, under Lampard, we saw him starting games and with Mount, and he was great for us. So it's it's not even a question of can he be good for me. I mean, the yeah, start. he's he's a good player. Like, he's gonna do good things. But I don't, right. I honest, I don't think there's much need for him at Chelsea. I do Fair think enough. the things he does, we do have other players that can do it. But, um, but it's that's but. So do you, do you think we have players that split the defence the way that Barkley has? Because really and truly, I haven't seen it. Since Barkley wasn't here last season. I didn't yeah, really... I think we do. I think Cho can do it. I think I haven't seen Cho do that like regularly at all. Sorry. I can't... I, like, Cho creates from the wings more. Like, even... So you're saying create from that kind of central position? Yeah, like, defence split and passes that putting people one-on-one, I don't... That I don't know if I'm crazy, but I don't really see that. I don't know. I I personally I don't think Barkley does it enough to claim it's like something he's it, incredible at for me. Okay, cool. For me, and this is under Lampard's, not necessarily sorry as much, but under Lampard's, and obviously since Tuchel, the only player I've seen I've seen it from is Barkley regularly with any regularity. Like each player might have done it once, but I don't really see it like regular. But anyway, that's just a disagreement. Um, finally, 
Gallagher on the Gallagher done well against um, obviously City. Um, let's just close off on this because again, it's like with the the guys behind the striker, we've got loads. People are still wanting Rice too. Um, so with Gallagher, do you honestly see a, like a way back in for him? Because it seems like Chelsea are saying they're going to create a way. But with RLC Remontada, obviously Gallagher is showing that he's a Premier League player, every bit of a Premier League player. What do you think we should be doing on Gallagher Babs? I think selling him. I think selling him. Um, I, I think I, I I don't see the likelihood of him coming back in, you know, at, at this point. Because when, when I look at the team and where I think he fits best, I don't think it's the two the twin six. I think is um is is the two tens behind the striker. I think that's where he fits in most likely. And if you're to compare him to like the, the other players there, I I personally do think he has enough quality to play to play there. But I, I'm not sure like how likely it's going to be that. He will, he will a getting ahead of like the likes of ZH Pulisic etc. Even though I think he may deserve to, and b if those guys were to be sold and there was potential potential space for him, would we be looking to buy a replacement? Like would we would be wanted would people be wanted to prioritize on Gallagher there? So I, I don't know how likely that is um, in, in terms of him coming straight on. I, I think he's had a really good loan at, at Palace. You know he's a he's a really big risk taker. You know it, that's one of like the, the biggest assets to his game. So like. And a lot of people make make out about him the, the fact that he doesn't tend to complete a lot of passes. But when you look at the way he plays, he, he, he likes to take risks, you know. And not just that, but it's quite similar to mine. The fact that he, he loves a bit of a cross at times as well. So like, that's where you're going to see him losing the ball. But in terms of his overall quality, I, I do think he's really good in the around the penalty area. Like, he's a good finisher. He's a really good incisive passer when he gets into those areas. But it's just about how likely is it that there's going to be a pathway for him at Chelsea to like to be a starter? Because when you look at it, right, Charlton, he was a starter, he was playing 30-plus games. West Brom, 30-plus games. Palace, he's probably going to play 30-plus games. So yeah. after three seasons of that, in your fourth season, are you going to want to come back to Chelsea and be a rotational piece if that, All right. you know, when when, I'm play, when people like Southgate are saying that you're, you're that close to the England camp? Cool. So just to, to wrap up, Sam, we'll, we'll, we'll let you wrap up. And I want to talk about Declan Rice because... I know you feel like it's going to happen anyway and et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's a good move? And I think both you and Babs were saying like he's the best DM in the Premier League right now in terms of form. So does it make sense to bring Rice in for you? Uh, Very, very similar to what Babs was saying about Gallagher. Um, Is there a space for him? Like, is there a pathway? Do we need him? I've been impressed with him this year not to the levels of some people like saying he's this best. Like I think he has on form been the best probably mm-hmm. DM in the league. He hasn't got major competition at the minute. And also I don't know if it's fair if we like just cover players a DM. I think Cover's been better than him this year. Mm-hmm. Um like so yeah I do I do like his game. I think if he carries on kind of getting better he could be a real problem because Similar to Ruben in the fact he's blessed with that kind of natural PMP. Um, he's nowhere near as good as on the ball as Ruben. Um, he hasn't really got the close control, um, but he can drive with the ball. And we're seeing a lot more kind of creative passing and progressive passing from him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the idea. And I think Tuchel also likes this idea of, um, and I think this is probably why he likes RLC as well, having players that, like really want to play for Chelsea. Uh, like mentality is just as important as kind of skill set for Tuchel, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty obvious that if we went for Declan, we'd get him 
Um, but do I you mean, think? If, if you, but do you think? Oh, I'm thinking specifically for next season as well. Like, if you was in charge, let's say, like, obviously, Tuchel's a manager, <laughs> but you're yeah. um shape the strategy for the summer. Would you go for Rice? No, personally, not. I think we got four CM slash DMs that are better. Cool. Babs, um, yeah. Babs, what, what's your take on it? I, I agree. I agree. If, if, if it was up to me, um, I, I, I like him as the player. I, I like how he's developed, you know, like, because I remember like, two seasons ago, we, we had an argument about it in terms of like, his game. And the, the one thing that I was worried about was like um, his passing, you know, how, how willing he was to get on the ball. And this season, he's he's really like adapted his game to be able to get on the ball. You know, he's he's getting on. You know, he's spray he's spraying passes. You know, he's been incisive mm. from the sixth position, which is a good thing to see. But at that price, I, I don't think I don't think there's any 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 logical person be, that could, that could think a hundred. Thank million. boy saying hundred millions a bargain. I'll yeah. be honest. I'll be honest. Like like I didn't ask at what price because when it comes down to it. Regardless if you're 20 million or 100 million, I'm not going to be watching football and thinking, yeah, this is a 20 million person. I, 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 I get you, I get you, but I, I, I get that. No, mm-hmm. no, I, I get at that price, you're not interested. Maybe at a lower price, you're interested, but I'm just talking about in general whether he would be a good fit for the squad, regardless of the price. And I think for me, anyway, um, obviously, I, I agree with you, the answer is no, but even as a player, Again, I just don't think he's mobile enough. And I know we had the argument in the group chat in terms of you was like, oh, actually, you rate Jorginho, but he's not mobile. But I do think Jorginho moves about a lot. He moves like, even watching the games back for this pod, the amount of times he moves into space to demand the ball, like he's very mobile. Like he might not be fast and athletic, might not be able to get that places over long distances fast, but he he moves a hell of a lot and he works hard a hell of a lot. I I Mm. find Rice kind of static. But... In general, what I'll say is this: um, I'm, I've never said he's not, uh, he's not he's not a good player. He's got some good things about him, but I just think we're so blessed in that area. Agreed. I, I don't even think I'm that's not, the main thing, man. Like Bellingham as well. I think Bellingham's a much better player than Rice potentially. But yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like if if I was to get a midfielder, but it, it, it'll be him. For me, even Bellingham is like okay, cool. Can I really see him fitting in? RLC is coming to his own. We have now a spread of. Jorginho and Kante that are in their early phase. Then we've got mm. RLC and Cover in the mid-20s. And then we've got Gallagher and Gilmore. Not necessarily they all stay around, but we've got them in the early 20s. So that's a good spread. So like, even bringing the Bellingham, you probably have to think, who am I going to move on? Mm. Um, and, For sure. And you don't necessarily want to move on experience. A lot of these people like get rid of Kante. No, experience is important. That's how you kind of help people. Yeah. Up. And someone like Jorginho as well, his, his game isn't reliant on him being quick and strong and, and a lot and, of the things that you lose with age I don't think he, he's going to lose that much and his leadership qualities I've seen it so much in game and yeah out of game it's just so and to be fair to Declan Rice I think he does have that as well um, not necessarily though because like like I'm not saying like Declan obviously is a big character but you have to understand when you take someone from a group it's different you can't just bring someone like saying okay he's vocal and they're going to be able to replace the same leadership things that Obviously, like, Jorginho's older, he's got way more experience and all that type of stuff. With like, Even watching for England, when obviously England was in trouble, I didn't see him doing the same things as Jorginho. So I just don't think as a like... Yeah, I, 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 I don't like to use the England thing as an excuse, as an example, sorry, just because... I'm, ta- I'm not even talking about on the ball. I'm not talking about... I'm, I'm talking no, yeah, just Southgate's instructions. There's something no, no, no. weird about him. I'm not talking about on the ball. I'm talking about leadership. And basically, mm. when England are... Obviously, England was, like 
needed people to kind of keep their heads up. That's not about Southgate's instructions. That's about leadership and, and communication and on the ball. Yeah, so true, all, true. All I'm saying is, it's not like for like, it's not like, oh shit, we're losing Jorginho, therefore, Mal, uh, he's a good character. Like, Rice is a character, I'm sure that he speaks up and all that type of stuff, mm. but I just don't think it's like for like. Yeah, I will say one thing though. Oh, then. All you men who are hyping up Calvin Phillips over Rice in the summer, I hope you know all. I don't. I, I still. I still. I'd still like. Uh, just, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't watch wild... Calvin. I don't watch Calvin Phillips like that. But again, I, I, I don't really like Rice's game like that. But we've talked to enough anyway. I think. Thanks for joining me. Obviously, Meads. I'm gonna have to. Thanks for that. I'm gonna have to do loads of editing. Uh, <laughs> so shout out to you. Blame uh, the touchline ops. They're messing with his connection. Touchline ops. All right. Thanks for listening. Obviously, we'll be back next week. Like we all really. Like we always are. Uh, thanks for joining me, Sam and Bad. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.